we celebrate this spirit of uh, spirit, the season, the the feast of of Pentecost, and the coming of the Holy Spirit. It could almost seem like uh, the persons of God are kind of taking turns. So you got the Old Testament that feels more like the Father, and then the New Testament that's Jesus doing his thing, and then the Holy Spirit takes over, and they're you know the other two get to take a break. Or... One thing that struck out to me recently in just reading about Pentecost and about the Holy Spirit is uh, they make it very clear that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus Christ, and it is the Spirit of the Father. So the Holy Spirit is in no way separate than the Father and the Son. There's no independence or individuality. Um, yeah, the, the Spirit flows from the Father and flows from the Son, and even in, in some ways the presence of the Father and the presence of the Son. That's why we can say after the ascension and, and after Pentecost, Jesus is more present than he was before because it's his spirit. It's the spirit makes Jesus present. Jesus doesn't, again, take a load off and then send the spirit. No, the coming of the spirit is the coming of Christ. Seemingly, they're so united in some way that, that St. Paul says, nobody can even say that Jesus is Lord, Christ is Lord, without the Holy Spirit. There's something about, about the spirit that's necessary for faith in Jesus because it is... It is the spirit of Jesus. So, there's nothing lonely about the Holy Spirit. Again, it's not as if the Father and the Son are off doing something else in the Spirit's here. No, the Spirit is the fullness of the presence and the love of the Father and the Son. Even that word spirit, what does spirit mean? It means breath, right? We talk about respiration. You hear that spur, spirit in the middle of it. Spirit means breath. The same, the same breath that God breathed into us to give us life. Remember the, the creation account? God takes clay, he takes the soil, and he forms it into a man, but it's not alive yet. And unlike all of the other creatures, unlike everything else, it doesn't receive its, its essence, its being, until the breath of God dwells in it. Which is a crazy thing. It's a beautiful statement. You, you and I, you're made from just good dirt. There's something wholesome and good about that. It's a good creature. Also kind of keeps us humble. I didn't make myself. You didn't make yourself. Now you were called into being. You were formed by the hands of God. I don't know if you've ever worked with clay. After you're done working with it, your fingerprints are on it still. So it's like God, God touched you. He, he formed you into being. But then you weren't you until you became a bearer of his breath. They had to breathe his breath, his life into you. We need the Spirit of God to be alive. We're made for God. We need the life of God in us. So the Holy Spirit wants to give us what? Life. The life of God dwells in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, so we need the Spirit. What does the Spirit do? How do, how do we recognize the Spirit? couple things that are interesting. The day of Pentecost, we know that the Spirit falls upon the apostles and, and Mary and some others that were there in the upper room, and they are able to speak all these different languages. So everybody that was there heard them speaking in their own language. One thing, this was an undoing of the curse of the Tower of Babel. Do you remember that story? That in our pride and our arrogance, we were going to be like God and get up to God. And so we were doing this thing and 
And the result was that, that mankind was scattered and their voices were confused and they couldn't understand each other anymore. Without God, there's separation and division. That's just how that works. And any way where there is division and separation, God is lacking in some way. God does not cause division. So what the Holy Spirit is doing now is drawing all people back. But not in just a human union, a human community, but in a community centered in God. In the fact that Jesus is Lord, he is head. So the Holy Spirit is undoing the curse of Babel so that we might live in communion again, that we might be brothers and sisters, each and every one of us. In Jesus Christ and in his spirit, there is no more division. There's nothing that separates us. So there's a lot of things that we get confused about that aren't real. St. Paul says something like, there are no, there, there's no longer Jew or, or Greek, slave or free. And we hear that and it sounds kind of Bible-y and we're like, yeah, whatever. But he's saying like, no, there's nothing that divides you anymore. There's no more Republican or Democrat. That's not a division among you anymore. That's got to be gone. No, something new is happening. There's no male-female. That can't be a division anymore. There's no more black or white. No, none of that. No, there, nothing divides you. You are one, one body, one family in Christ. It's like all those things, qualities, characteristics, gosh, they're just so paltry and so small compared to the union that we have in the love of God. So, they all go out, they're speaking about what's happened, about Jesus' death and resurrection, and everybody can understand them. And so we get that. But what's interesting is kind of the experience of, of these people. So they're travelers from all over the world, and they're, they're in Jerusalem. I don't know if you've ever traveled to a place where they speak a different language, but that can be a hard experience. Yeah? And you can feel kind of helpless and kind of alone. And these are people from, like, everywhere. Poor, the poor lector that has to read on Pentecost, right? Like, he needs a gift of tongues to get through the reading. Um, you got Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Mesopotamia, all, the, all these places. Um, so for that person who's a traveler in a strange place, who might feel kind of alone, kind of helpless, all of a sudden they're walking around and they hear somebody talking in the language that, that their mother spoke to them when they were a little kid. It's like the language of home. It's the language they understand. There's a way in which their hearts were stirred and even leapt at this sound. Like, hey, I, I know that voice. I know, I know these words. So there is a power in the gospel to touch the deep places of us and our hearts recognize it. When you actually hear the gospel, your heart recognizes it. Amen? Something stirs and you're like, well, that's true. And maybe I don't know how it's true, but I know that that's true, right? right? I don't have this head knowledge, but something I feel convicted. That's true. And I feel known in it. When we really hear the gospel, the truth of God's love and his saving acts, we feel known, we feel understood. The gospel doesn't bring confusion. It doesn't bring fear. No, it brings a sense of, of settling, of understanding. So the gospel and the power of the Spirit, um, it fits. It fits our hearts. It's, just, it's important to know that God understands you, Totally. Totally, totally. He knows your whole story. He knows everything about you. And he wants to speak to you. And his word and his spirit, they're, they're perfect for you. They fit you. You're made for them and, and, and he, he speaks it in a particular way to you. So God knows you. There's a delicacy, a tenderness, a particularity in the way he speaks, the way he gives his spirit. The spirit does no violence to us. It doesn't, it doesn't shift everything suddenly. No, it fits, it settles, 
it, it moves into us. Some of the titles of the Spirit during the, the sequence, which was sung uh, right before the gospel, are just beautiful. I don't know if you're watching the words. Just these beautiful titles of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Father of the poor. Isn't that great? I think he's a dad. He's a father. He's a source of all things. The best comforter. There's no comforter better. You feel comforted when you feel understood, yeah? You've had experiences probably when somebody tried to comfort you when you were hurting, maybe after the loss of a loved one, and they said things and you were like, you don't get it, right? And you just feel more hurt. Hey, quick aside, please don't tell somebody who just lost a loved one they're in a better place, okay? Please don't do that. It might be true. We hope it's true, right? But what a person who's hurting needs is not information. They need love. And so we just want to draw close. Something you can always say when someone is hurting is, hey, I'm really sorry. You don't have to cite me as a, as a citation, right? Just, just, just be with them, right? That, that's what they need. Sorry, that was a little rant. Okay, coming back. Holy Spirit is kind, and we feel known. You're the soul's most welcome guest. Isn't that a great line? This is the best guest, the most welcome guest you could possibly have is the Holy Spirit. When you have a really good guest, what does it feel like? It just feels like they're just at home, and they're just kind of a part of things. You don't have to put on a show for them. Yeah, that's the Holy Spirit. That's what he's like. Okay, so the Holy Spirit fits each of us in a particular way. He, he speaks to you in a way that you understand. is just for you. But also, there's a way in which the Spirit, who is your creator, wants to draw out of you the specific beauty that you carry. So the Spirit created you. God the Son created you. And God the Father created you. They all had their hands in it. It wasn't just one of them. So you flow out of the, of the innermost sanctuary of the Trinity. Like you carry in yourself something of the innermost beauty of God. And now the Spirit's job is to call out of you that particular beauty and goodness. To make it alive. To make it flow out. That's why Paul is talking about the gifts of the Spirit. He says there's different spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. The same Spirit. There's different workings, but the same God who produces them in everyone. To each individual, the manifestation of the Spirit is for some benefit. So the Spirit wants to come and draw out of you your own beauty and goodness in a He makes you more like Jesus and lets Jesus shine out of you. And that's really good for me. And it's really good for the person sitting next to you. It's really good for us. It's for our benefit. You are a gift to the world. You're a gift to all of us. And the Holy Spirit wants to make the particular gift that you are shine out in, re- in, in just beauty and glory. As in the body, the body is one, but there's many parts, right? And all the parts of the body, though many, are one body. And so also Christ. You are now a member of Christ. The Holy Spirit attaches you to Jesus. Now you're part of him. You're part of his identity. And we all are. And we share a deep communion in Jesus Christ. I think this is a truth that, that I have a hard time holding on to, and I think in general we don't, I think we just don't get how deeply united we have become in Jesus Christ. We are more than family now. We are the members of a body, of one body. And I need you. And you need me. And we need each other. And there's not an unimportant person in here. Just, unimportant people don't exist. It's not a thing. If you're a person, you're important. 
And not just important to God in like, oh yeah, God loves you sort of way, which, which you are, but you're important to me and you're important to everybody here. Like we're a part of something now. We've become something new. It's called the church, which is the body of Christ, the family of God. So the Spirit comes to make us one. The Spirit comes to give us peace. The Spirit comes to bring mercy. But again, I just think it's so, so important to know that the infinite Spirit of God, who is all-powerful, as it draws close to you, it does so in a way that's perfect for you, in a particular way that you can understand, that is attuned to you and to who you are. Okay. The Spirit is the breath of life and love that flows unceasingly between the Father and the Son. You have to be pretty close to somebody to feel their breath. That is a very intimate thing. The Holy Spirit is the giving and the receiving of the breath of life, of self-gift, of love, of joy, of peace, of the Father and the Son. And you are given that spirit, which means what? You are in that place, in that intimate, close place of deep love and deep belonging. To receive the spirit means to be brought home. To be brought home into the family, into the life of God. I'd like to invite you just to imagine what it would be like to be right there in between the Father and the Son in this space of love that's called the Holy Spirit. Maybe you want to imagine God the Father holding you. Maybe you're a toddler sitting on his lap. Maybe you're a baby, but you're, you're right there. And right on the other side is Jesus, and they're really close to one another, and they're surrounding you. And the only thing between them, there's only two things between them. That's you and love, and it fills all the space. You have received the Spirit of God. You've been brought home. You are surrounded by love. I promise you. So let's imagine being there in the embrace and the closeness between the Father and the Son, which is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that you have received, the Spirit that dwells in you.